a good onboarding sequence is gold. And I've got one your your listeners can download for free. It comes with free email swipe files in it. Just fill in the blank. Beautiful. Put it in tomorrow and you're ready to go. Literally just copy and paste the link in there, put it in, in your active campaign account and fill in the blanks and you're ready to go. Perfect. Well, we will have that in the show notes and the show notes will be available at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash active hyphen campaign. I'm Richard Lindner, co-founder and president of Digital Marketer, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hello there. This is Ash Roy, the founder of ProductiveInsights.com with a quick message for you. If you'd like to grow your business profitably and fast, head over to getmetodone.com where you can learn more about the Productive Insights membership program, which is designed to help you grow your business profitably and fast. We help you get clear on your target audience and create an irresistible offer around the specific problem that you solve for your audience. Once we've established an offer that's a good fit for your audience, we then help you to scale your business using marketing automation, which means you spend less time working and more time enjoying the fruits of your labor. If you'd like to learn more, head over to getmetodone.com right now and take that first step towards your business success and your time freedom. I hope you enjoy this episode and get a ton of value from it. I look forward to seeing you at getmetodone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Productive Insights Podcast. Barry Moore trained in the United States Marines as an FA-18 pilot, and he served for about nine years, after which he turned his attention to the corporate world. He launched the Active Marketer Podcast around the same time the Productive Insights Podcast was launched. And I remember a time when our podcasts were both in new and noteworthy. We'd kind of launched it together, so that was pretty cool. The reason the Active Marketer website exists is to put the tools and tactics that the big guys use into the hands of every business owner. Whether you want to create high converting lead magnets to grow your email list or you want to create an automated selling machine, the Active Marketer can help you. Through the popular courses and the Active Marketer Academy, of which I'm a proud member, Barry Moore can put the power of sales, funnels, and automated marketing to work for you so you don't have to do the heavy lifting in growing your business profitably. Now, make sure you stay all the way through to the end of this video if you're watching on YouTube or the audio if you're listening on iTunes or any other podcast application you listen on because Barry is going to share a 20% coupon code which will allow you to get access to his training at a special discount. So make sure you stay through till the end. I'm delighted to welcome my friend, Barry Moore from theactivemarketer.com. Welcome, Barry. Thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thanks, man. Great to have you on, Barry. Look, you're one of the few marketers that I actually respect. <laughs> you have some really great strategies, some really great content, particularly around tagging, which we'll talk about later. I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. I'm a bit disappointed that I haven't had you on earlier, but I'm looking forward to doing a few episodes with you over time. So, you know, I see this as the beginning of a series. Today, we're going to be talking about sales funnels and automated marketing. 
So let's start off there and talk about how you would describe a sales funnel and why our listeners should consider using sales funnels in their business to grow their profitability. Well, you know, there's a lot of hype around the word funnels and sales funnels, but really it's just the steps in a process that you would take to create a conversion and create a sale. Yep. Now, if, if you ask most people in any kind of business, you know, what's your process for landing a sale? Sometimes they don't know, but there's always a process there. So if they have a sale, there's a process there because yep. the result of the process has happened. There's a sale, right? So a sales funnel really is just kind of documenting, discovering, first of all, if you don't know, but doc discovering and then documenting those particular steps that it takes to get a stranger who's never heard of you before into a customer and then hopefully a repeat customer as well. Yeah. And once you've got those steps documented and investigated and documented, then you can build there certain pieces of software that you can use to kind of build those steps into the software. So that process is happening automatically behind the scenes and you're not having to manually repeat it every single time that a new person comes into your sphere of influence. So to speak. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So let me just kind of demystify that a little bit further. 20 years ago, you'd walk into a shoe shop if you wanted to buy a pair of shoes. You right. would talk to the salesperson at the shoe shop. In marketing, they would call this the first moment of truth. And you would ask them a few questions. If the salesperson didn't seem like a shyster and wasn't sleazy and didn't do dodgy stuff, you'd probably buy the product from him, even if it was a couple of dollars more expensive than the person next door, because they earned your trust. We are just looking to replicate that process using the amazing power of the internet through content and automation. Exactly. So let's take that example a little bit further, right? So someone walks into your shoe shop. Well, first they have to know about your shoe shop, but let's assume that they do. And they walk in and then there's going to be a discovery process between you, like you just said, between you and the customer. That customer has to learn to know, like, and trust you and that you're not trying to rip them off or yeah. just not trying to, you know, just get the sale at whatever it means. So you've got to build a bit of know, like, and trust. And then there's a series of questions you're probably going to ask that person. Well, what kind, what kind of shoes are you looking at? Are you looking at dress shoes? Are you looking at casual shoes? Right. Looking at athletic shoes? If you're looking at athletic shoes, what kind of left, you know, do you do CrossFit, weightlifting, running? So there's a bit of a discovery phase where you're trying to figure out what their needs are. And once we've determined what their needs are, then we can provide them more content. So they say they want a running shoe, for example. All right, well, what kind of running do you do? Is it kind of a short course running or you're a marathon runner? You know, it's very trail running versus straight running, very different thing. So now I'm starting to provide them with content based on what their needs are. And now that I know their needs, I know that they're a marathon runner. I know that they like to do trail running. I'm going to start moving them towards the trail running section of the store, right? Yeah. And then we're going to go through a couple of different shoes. And I'm going to talk about all my experience and all my different customers that have tried these different shoes. And I think, you know, based on what I know about you, this shoe is going to be the best, right? And some build some know, like, and trust with that customer and then eventually close the sale, right? So yeah. you can build all that kind of stuff into your marketing automation all the way through to the sale and then post-sale as well. So it's just a matter of kind of taking that, that real-world example and then replicating that in the software. Exactly. To your point earlier on, when you're trying to find out whether they want a pair of running shoes or dress shoes and so on and so forth, that is basically the process of solving a problem and making right. your solution or your product, I should say, relevant to the customer's problem. So if they want to be a runner, then you're not going to offer them dress shoes. You want to offer them running shoes. But to do that exploration, that discovery, you can do that using content. And we'll talk about in future episodes 
what you call tagging. And I absolutely love this because it allows you to be relevant and not be spammy in people's inboxes. You're just sending them content that is relevant to them. And if you combine what we are going to be talking about, Barry, in terms of tagging with what I talked about with Andre Chaperon in episode 140, where we talked about email marketing automation, you can be hyper-relevant and hyper-valuable to your audience and really be of service to them. Exactly. So now that we've explained what we mean by sales funnels and how then no big mystery, they're just replicating the manual process that happened 20 years ago in a shoe shop. That still happens today. And still happens today, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how you create this using your tagging strategy in active campaign. Let's just touch on that. Right. So, you know, in that example that we use where we were driving, we were, we were trying to take a broad scope of every customer that walks into our shop. And we were trying to narrow that scope down to find the product that exactly fits that particular person. So as we talked about this guy, this particular person that came in, you know, we determined they were a trail runner. So this product is right for them. Whereas it might be a businessman who wants some more business shoes. In that case, this item over here is going to be what they're looking for. They're not, they don't want trail running shoes, right? So the act of tagging is to start putting people into those different groups, you know, businessman versus athlete, trail runner versus road runner, sprinter versus distance runner, and trying to niche that down as far as is possible so that, as you said, the content that we offer them is the most relevant content to them and what their needs are. So, you know, the first part of it is a discovery. So what is this person you know, who is this person and what kind of category or what niche do they fit in? Yeah. And then we just keep refining that, refining that, you know, kind of like those, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with those like Japanese pachinko games where you drop the ball on the top and it just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it ends up in a slot down the bottom. That's kind of what we're trying to do with these new people that we have no idea about. Right. And especially online where you don't get to see them face to face. You know, we're trying to put them into their appropriate slots. So what we offer them is what they're after, or even if they don't know that at that point. So we so, do sorry, this. So to go back to your original question, so as they take certain behaviors throughout our website and throughout our email marketing, we're giving them tags, right? So if they're on our website and they're looking at running shoes on our website, well, I, that would indicate to me that they have an interest in running, right? right. So I'm going to tag them with an interest running tag. Yeah. So that I know that they're interested in, and then I may also track how many pages they look at. If they looked at 10 running related pages, I know they're really interested. So that may be a trigger to start sending them more running related content or you know, yeah. current races or case studies of people who've come in and got a special fit of a shoe and cut 20 minutes off their marathon time or whatever. Right. So. Right. And why don't you explain to our audience, Barry, why traditional segmenting, as it was done before with lists, ends up being, to use your words, a dumpster fire (laughs) and why tagging is a far more elegant solution in terms of segmenting your list. Yeah. So in the early days of email marketing, well, actually, it still happens. I'm still shocked that people are still using stuff like (laughs) MailChimp and AWeber and stuff like that. But AWeber is kind of like the cassette tape of email marketing these days. Right. But um, you would have to, if you wanted one of these segments, you would have to create a separate list, right? So you'd have a business list, you'd have a casual list, you'd have a runner's list, you'd have a, a marathoner's list, your trail runner's list, a sweet runner's list. And you, as a customer, Ash, you might be on four or five of those different lists. You know, you may run during your 
leisure time, but you know, you have a job at work, so you need business shoes as well. And then you're going out for dinner with your family and you need casual shoes, right? So you might be on all of those lists as an example. So, and well, one, that makes it very hard for me to get a a uniform picture of who you are and what you like, right? I'd have to go into all these different lists and see if you're on all these different lists. And some products like AWeber will charge me uh, based on how many times you're in the system. So if you're on four lists, I'm getting charged four times for you as a contact, right? If I have a 1,000 limit contact limit in my account, you count four times if you're on four different lists, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And then it becomes very difficult for me to track if I want to send this email out, hey, there's a sale on casual and athletic shoes this weekend. And I send that out to both lists. Now you're getting two emails, right? You're getting this. And I just look incompetent now because I'm sending you a repeat message. And like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm saying it's top of the message. I'm saying, hey, Ash, like I know you and I have a yeah. relationship with you. But you're getting like three emails. And you're like, well, this guy's an idiot, right? Because And you're I'm, not being relevant. And I'm not being relevant, right? And I'm spamming the crap out of you. So a better, uh, more efficient way to do it would be have a single list or a very few number of lists and put tags on you based on your behavior. So you've come in and bought casual shoes from me before. So I put shoes casual tag on there. You shoes athletic tag on there. Shoes trail running tag on there. So I can open up that contact record of yours and I can see, okay, Ash works, you know, he must work from home. He doesn't want any business shoes, right? So he likes trail running. Uh, I can see a, a uniform vision of you as a customer whenever I want to. I can target emails to just specific segments of that list. So I want to target this email to just everyone who does trail running. Hey, the Brisbane uh, trail running nationals are coming up in two months. Time to get yourself some new shoes, right? And that can just go out to those people who have that specific tag and it's ultra relevant to them. And I'm not bothering everybody else with content that they don't care about. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. This solution also reduces spam because you're not going to end up sending content that's not relevant to people. And that is the key that I want to really impress upon our listeners. Can I just, I want, let me just yeah, add sure. something about that. So obviously you don't want to spam people with stuff they're not interested in, right? You, you would rather be it more, much more relevant to them and their lifestyle and what they're after and what problems they're trying to solve. So you're being nicer to your customer, obviously, by giving them yes. more relevant content. But you're also kind of being nicer to yourself because the those emails that go out that are hyper-targeted to specific interests, they have a much bigger open rate and a much bigger conversion rate, which number one means more sales for you, obviously. Number two, it also means that all those spam filters out there in internet land are seeing your emails get opened more often and links clicked on more often. So you get a better sender reputation with your emails, right? And they and they have a much better chance of ending up in the inbox as opposed to the promotions box or the spam folder or whatever. Because you may have 60, you know, I've seen 60, 70, 80% open rates with, you know, 40% click-through rates wow. because they're hyper-targeted. And Google and all those spam filters are going to see that. And they're going to go, hey, this guy is sending valid messages that people want to hear about. Let it through. Yeah. And let me unpack that a little bit more because Richard Lindner, one of the founders of Digital Marketer, explained it really well in episode 171. And the way he explained it is this. The main deliverers of email services like Gmail, Yahoo, MSN, what they do is when when you send an email to your list, they open the pipe a little bit and send through a few emails and watch how your recipients are behaving with your email. Are they scrolling through it? Are they opening it? Are they just moving it straight to junk? Are they deleting it without opening it? And depending on how the first few people behave, they then 
open the pipe fully, but they decide on whether they're going to send it to the spam folder or they're going to send it to the promotions folder and so on. So the point here is that if you are hyper-relevant, people are more likely to interact with your email. They're more likely to scroll through the contents. They're more likely to click on the links. And not only will you have better open rates, you will have better what is called deliverability. Deliverability means more people are going to interact with your emails and you're going to end up having a cleaner list. And really, when it comes to email marketing, less is more. So if people aren't interacting with your emails, you should really be taking them off your list and not talking to them. Yeah. And, you know, that whole deliverability thing is a bit of a black art. Nobody really knows for sure. But there are certain concepts that most people agree on. And, you know, that's certainly one of them. And the other thing to consider is even down to the point where Gmail, for example, so your sender reputation, your deliverability in mind, but Ash, your personal preferences on what you put into which folder will also determine what Gmail does with it. So it right. can also did down to an individual level of the person, hey, this person's clicked on similar emails in the past, so we'll let this one through as well. Yeah, so the more targeted, the more relevant you can be with your messaging, it's, it's good for the customer and it's good for you in the longer term as well. Great. Now, this ties in very beautifully with an SEO strategy. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but if you're very clear about the areas in which you want to put your content, you can align your email strategy with your SEO strategy. So for example, if you're a shoe store and you want to talk about running shoes and dress shoes and casual shoes, then you might have three categories of content and you optimize your website around dress shoes, running shoes, and casual shoes, and your email marketing will also be around dress shoes, running shoes, and casual shoes, and there's a congruence which actually can lead to a nice holistic approach to your general marketing efforts. Yeah, and what, and what most people who haven't really got into the marketing automation space might not know is tools like you know, ActiveCampaign, for example, can also do site tracking. So once you've opened an email from me and you've, you've subscribed to my list and you've clicked on a link, I know who you are because yep. you've taken an XM email. So the software can then track everything that you look up on the website. So if you're spending all your time in the athletic shoe area, as you talked about, I can track that behind the scenes and I can say, right, if this guy's like, just like you said, if your content's organized the right way, you know, my shoe store slash athletic slash, you know, running or whatever. Anytime somebody goes to that slash running area or slash athletic area, I can track that and I can put a score against that customer that says, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40. Hey, once it goes trips over 50, let's start sending them more information about athletic shoes, right. sales, clinics we might be running, coaching clinics, whatever, whatever content we've got to get case studies to get people in to buy some more shoes, whatever. But, I can track the behavior on the site as well as the behavior of all the emails that they open as well. That's interesting. And is that lead scoring, Barry? There is lead scoring, but the site tracking in and of itself is a separate thing. So, okay. and you can do things like without lead scoring, you can do things like, you know, if they viewed this page three times, that's a trigger to fire an automation that says, hey, send them this, send them a discount code. Hey, you know, you've looked at this page five times. There's something that's not getting you over the line. If you keep going back to it, you've, you've clearly showed an interest in that content. But you know, then I can check and say, look, if they've been on this page five times, but they haven't been on our thank you page, which means they bought something, right? 
yeah. if they got all the way to my thank you page. So if you viewed the content five times, but you haven't been to the thank you page, you clearly have an interest, but something's holding you back. So I might start sending you more content about why this shoe is the best shoe in the world. Right. And look at all these famous runners that use this shoe. And uh, here's a couple of people came into the store and here's what they said about buying this particular shoe, right? So I'm providing you a little bit more information to get you over the line and address any common objections you might have to try and get that sale. But that's all based on your individual behavior. It's one email yes. going out to you at exactly the right time. It's not a broadcast of 10,000 emails going out to everybody. It's one single email going out to one targeted customer at exactly the right time. Right message to the right person at the right time. And that is the beauty of Active Campaign. I really am a big fan of the software. Now, I don't know much about a lot of the other existing bits of software, but I have used Campaign Monitor, which I found woeful. Aweber, many years ago, it was awful. But what about people like Confusionsoft? Oh, I mean, sorry, Infusionsoft. Do they have these capabilities? Yeah, a lot of the upper tier kind of marketing automation platforms got Infusionsoft, Entreport, ActiveCampaign, Drip, and there are a few other smaller players. A lot of them have very similar features, and I often get the question, like, what's the quote-unquote the best one? And having worked in IT for a long time, there's no such thing as the best one. There's the one that matches your requirements the most, right? So if you go into it with no requirements, you're gonna, chances are you're going to end up with something that doesn't, you're going to have to pull out and rip out and throw away anyway. Yeah. So if you're going to think about doing this, it, it's probably, well, it is crucial that you sit down and go, look, these are the features that I need. And if you don't yeah. know, play around with a couple of the trials from a couple of different platforms. Most of them will have like a... 14-day trial, 30-day trial you can play around with. Yeah. Come up with some, you know, three or four big ticket things that say, I must have this, this is what I must do, and then evaluate each one of those products against, against your requirements. There's no such thing as, quote, unquote, the best one. I think it was episode five where Jake Howard said something that still stays with me to this day, and that was the best software is the software that you use. Yeah, exactly right. So I think that's a great point. Now, Active Campaign has recently released something called Conversations. Is that like bots or something, or how is that no, different? No, it's um, one of the things I really like about Active Campaign is they're constantly kind of pushing the envelope and coming up with new benefits and features in their software. And it's, it's a constant stream, which is great, but it's hard for me to keep up sometimes. <laughs> but um, so Conversations, you've probably seen like that intercom feature on a lot of websites where it yes. pops up a little chat box and it says, hey, you know, Ask us a question. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking for, right? So what Active Campaign is doing is integrating other channels into their marketing automation other than just email. Mm -hmm. So you can have a, the chat feature there, but you can also have conversations which, which may or may not go through uh, your traditional email as well. So you can kind of think of it like a help desk system where someone creates a ticket, and in the back of the system there, that ticket sits there and until it's closed or resolved or that question's been answered or whatever. So they're building that into their their software. So, you know, they've got a couple of different tiers and a couple of different levels to their software. Yeah. One of those tiers has a lot of sales pipeline stuff for more kind of conventional sales if you're selling a car or you're selling something that someone's not necessarily going to buy online. You can, you can have different stages in that pipeline. So this basically kind of adds on to that, where you can keep conversations from a customer, uh, all the back and forth you've had with that customer uh, over time, so that you know when they come into the showroom or whatever, you can just pull it up and go, okay, this is everything we've said to this person ever. This is all the questions they've had, all the objections that they've had. This is all the questions they've asked us. So you can kind of keep that. So it's just a way of incorporating 
other avenues of talking to your customer into yeah. other just email into the product. Yeah, I agree. Active campaign is always pushing the envelope. They are trying to innovate. They have been a bit buggy at times, but overall, I think it's a great piece of software and you can start for only $9 a month, which is another thing I absolutely love about it. I have seen other marketers promote things like Entreport and I've got nothing against Entreport, but the entry point is considerably higher. And using Entreport for a small business is like trying to cut a carrot with a chainsaw to quote yeah. somebody else. It's <laughs> yeah. good. good analogy. Yeah, yeah. So I think that Active Campaign kind of caters to people at different levels. I really do like the software and I like the culture within the company. I like the way it's going. I like what they're trying to do. I highly recommend it to all of my members on my membership site or in my community. So, yeah, I think I'm with you on that front. Yeah, here's the, you touched on an important point whenever you're buying any software that's going to be crucial to your business is one that it fits your needs like we talked about in the beginning, but also anticipating what your needs might be in the future so that that yes. software can grow with you as your business grows. Hopefully your business grows and becomes huge. So all these features that you don't necessarily need now, you may need them in the future. So active campaign is great in that way. You can you can come in for a very low cost. So if you if you got active campaign and you never used it for anything other than what you're using MailChimp or Aweber for now, it's probably still a good investment because it can yeah. grow with you uh, as your business grows. And then you can, when you're ready, you can slowly add some more automations and some more email campaigns and and all that and some more integrations. Another good thing about it is it integrates with almost everything. Yeah. So you can add those as you need them, but you don't you don't have that big outlay. Like you said, you can start small, but the product will grow with you as you grow. So cool. There's not too many around like that. I personally haven't used Drip yet, and I don't plan to, but I've seen a bit of a take up, uptake, I should say, of Drip, and maybe some people moving to ConvertKit. I noticed Neil Patel, who I had in episode one, he was, seems to be using ConvertKit these days, maybe one of his lists or something. Could you talk to us about a case study around how you helped a business get some really significant results that were hopefully measurable as a result of these active campaign-based automated funnels. Yeah, sure. A lot of the time people focus on the sale, which obviously is very important. Mm -hmm. But the thing that automation can do for you as well is also you, it can automate what happens after the sale. So the one of the customers of ours was a martial arts academy. So we were talking about, you know, what their biggest pain point was with their client base. And it was the fact that there was a lot of churn. So, you know, there was a lot of people kind of dropping out at the three or four month mark. You know, they thought mm -hmm. they wanted to come in and do martial arts and they would yeah. come in like once or twice. And then they'd get three or four months into it and they would go and they would decide, you know, hey, I'm spending all this money on my membership, but I'm not really going. So I'm just going to cancel. So we sat down, we figured out, right, so you're spending all this money getting new customers. Let's spend a little time keeping the ones we've got and getting them more engaged. So we figured out what, kind of what the magic time frame was about when they, were, when they were most likely to cancel their membership, which was like a three and a half month mark or something yeah. like that. So a month prior to that, we started sending out more content about, you know, this is how you can get involved. These are the benefits. Here's some upcoming events you can get involved with or whatever and started hitting them with some of the reasons they joined in the first place to try and get them. And that dropped the churn rate by like 19%. Wow. So they got 90% retainment on those customers for I think it was at least another six months. We figured out in the end. So that's not only, hey, we've got all these customers for another six months, which is great. We've got all that revenue. 
but we, we don't have to spend a lot of time trying to find new customers now and, and constantly feed the machine because we're keeping them there. And then the next step was to go back and try and tie in with, like I said, Active Campaign integrates with a lot of stuff, try and tie in with their with their membership software. You know, when they come for a class, they get ticked off in the class and it's like, well, someone hasn't been here for 10 days or whatever. That's a warning sign that they're starting to drop off. So, mm -hmm. you know, they would get a special email if they haven't been there within 10 days to try and give them, bring them back in as well. So we really kind of focused on the customer care after the sale and, and it's always cheaper to retain customers and find new ones. So yeah. uh, that was a pretty good result for those guys and they're pretty happy with that. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, it's not just about making the sale. It's about getting the customer a result that they first signed up for. And yeah. that might actually be after sale service. I think a huge part of a successful business, an ethical successful business, is making a promise, but then making sure the customer gets to the result. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's not possible if the customer doesn't take any action, but it is up to us as business owners to do whatever is in our power to try and get them as close to the result as we can. And Active Campaign helps to do that. Another statistic I've quoted in goodness knows how many episodes, it costs between five and nine times more to acquire a new customer as it does to retain an existing one. So in terms of profit, it really helps your profitability dramatically if you are able to improve your retention rates because you're not spending all that money on acquiring the customer and you're creating goodwill for your existing customers, which probably means you're going to get more word of mouth referrals and so on. So it's a win-win all around. Yeah, and exactly that point. Like not only does it cost more to retain a customer, but those, I mean, get a new customer than it does to retain one. But those ones that you retain, if you can give them the result that they came to you for in the first place, Obviously, there's, an, there's that added benefit of the, they're going to talk to their friends about it. Hey, you know, we went to Ash and Ash was really great. Well, got our podcast launch. It was great. So you also got that kind of hard to measure word of mouth effect that goes on behind the scenes from happy customers as well. So people ask me a lot of the time, like, oh, you know, where do I start with marketing automation? Because you know, the great thing is it's a blank page and you can do whatever you want. But the bad thing is the blank page and you can do whatever you want. Right. So <laughs> right, right. If you've ever opened up a Word document and trying to write something, the, the worst part of it is that white page with this blinking cursor. And you're like, where do I start with this thing? Right. So I always kind of try and start with onboarding customers because if you're getting customers, if you're lucky enough to have customers that are paying you already, really super important that you get them the result that they were after. So a good onboarding sequence, which is what happens, what, what goes out to that customer after they immediately after they purchased, can do great things for them, obviously, and help get them the result that they're after, but does great things for your business as well. It's like one, you, you're setting expectations with that customer, right? So, which is going to lower refund rates and chargeback rates because you and the customer don't have this disparate expectation about what's going to happen, right? So, hey, Ash, thanks for signing up. Here's what's going to happen next. The first thing is we're going to do this. The second thing is we're going to do that. The third thing is we're going to do that, right? If you need any help, here's where to go get it, right? So setting expectations, number one, is very important. Two, how to get them, let them know how to avoid common pitfalls with your product, if there are some, which is going gonna, gonna to help them, obviously. But it's also going to lower support tickets to your help desk as well, which is going to be good for you. And then here's how you get a quick result. Like in the next 24 hours, Ash, I want you to do this, right? Um, once they've got a quick result, you know, hopefully they're going to get addicted to that quick result and they're going to have more and more good results. And then once they've got those good results, then they're going to start telling their friends about it. 
And then you're going to follow up with them to make sure that they're happy with the product. And then hopefully maybe even, you know, ask for a referral or a review or something like that. So a good onboarding sequence is gold. And I've got one your your listeners can download for free. It comes with free email swipe files in it. Just fill in the blank. Beautiful. Put it in tomorrow and you're ready to go. You literally just copy and paste a link in there, put it in in your active campaign account and fill in the blanks and you're ready to go. Perfect. Well, we will have that in the show notes and the show notes will be available at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash active hyphen campaign. So that's great. That's awesome. So yeah, please do share that with me. And the other thing I want to circle back to, which we kind of touched on, but I want to make sure that we really hit this home is, so in that martial arts example, that martial arts academy example, you can use also use marketing automation, not just to automate the messages to your customers, yeah. but to automate yourself. Right. So if you're one of my students at my academy and you don't come in for 10 days, yeah, I might send you an email, but it's probably more important that I send myself a notification that says, hey, Ash, Ash has been a customer for six months and he hasn't been here in 10 days. What's going on? Maybe you're just on holiday or whatever. Right, right. But I'll get a message that says, hey, Ash hasn't been here in 10 days. That might trigger me to pick up the phone and call you and see, see what's going on or send you a personal email from my personal account, for example. But it's automating me and it's triggering me to follow up with those human touch points that are so important in maintaining customer loyalty as well. So it's not just about automating emails. It's also automating about the human touch points in your business and when those happen. Yeah. Now, all this information and how to execute all this stuff is available in the Active Marketer Academy. I will, I will soon be an affiliate for the Active Marketer Academy as soon as Barry sets it up. So full disclosure, I will get a small amount of commission if you sign up through my link. But you can do that by going to ProductiveInsights.com forward slash Barry, spelled B-A-R-R-Y. I want to also say something about the onboarding sequences. There's some really good content that Ryan Dice shared in episode 170, I think, yeah. about how to create onboarding sequences. Or maybe it was Richard Lindner that shared it in episode 171. That was an absolute masterclass on email marketing, particularly around measurement and improvement and testing and so on around email marketing. But Ryan Dice talked about the five-step funnel. So have a listen to both those episodes and you can listen to that at ProductiveInsights.com forward slash 170 and forward slash 171 respectively. Normally, I talk about action steps at the end, but since we already started talking about it, let's touch on that. So. Yeah. The best action step our listener can take from listening to this episode, and the quickest win is, let's not get too technical about this. I would just say, grab a pen and paper and write down on that piece of paper, what things would you like to tell your audience in that onboarding sequence to start off with? Don't worry about trying to create an active campaign. Don't worry about signing up with an active campaign account just yet. Just get clear on what you want to tell them so you're not looking at the blinking cursor when you do set it up on your computer. And the things that I do, and I'm going to improve on this, but the things that I do is I do what is called bouncing them around my online assets. So I might send them a link to my YouTube channel. I might send them a link to my podcast. I might ask them if they're interested in telling me a little bit more about themselves by clicking on certain links so I can tag them in the background in active campaign to know what their interests are so that I'm not spamming them as much. Is there anything else you think we should be talking about in the onboarding sequence, Barry? So everybody wants new sales and new sales are great, but I think it's much more important to take care of the people that have already bought from oh, you. Oh, yes. Right, right. So onboarding sequences for those people who have just purchased from us. And as you said, writing down, you know, how can I, what's the best way 
I can get these people the result that they're after, right? They bought product X for me because they wanted to solve problem Y, right? Yeah. So how can I help them get that result? And what are the steps? Well, first, I'm going to tell them what's going to happen. Two, I'm going to send them to where those assets are so they can do that. Three, I'm going to check in with them after a week to make sure they're using the product or they're getting the result that they want. And if they're not, I'm going to maybe schedule a 10-minute call with them or whatever, whatever it's going to be. So what are those steps that I can hand on heart? What's the most I can do for that person to, mm -hmm. to get the result that they want? So that's taking care of the customers that have purchased from us. And then those new people that are coming into my kind of sphere of influence or have just heard of me or just heard of the business or whatever, how can I get a closer relationship with them? And that's typically called like an, an indoctrination sequence or an introduction sequence. So we're talking about, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why I do it. This is what benefits that it might, you know, this is how I can help you solve your particular problem that you've come here for. Or a lot of people, you know, there's stages to what people are looking at. So they, they might not even be solution aware yet. So they didn't, they're still defining the problem. They don't really have a clear idea what their problem is. So we want to help them define the problem. Uh, once we've defined the problem, then we have to help them become solution aware. So you've got problem X, there might be 10 ways I can solve problem X. So what's the best solution to solve problem X? And then a bit about who you are and what you do and why you're doing it, because ultimately people buy from people and they want to have, as we talked about that, no like and trust factor with those people that they're working with or buying from. So that introduction sequence or indoctrination sequence tries to build that know, like, and trust uh, and make those people uh, problem aware and solution aware so that they know what the right, that you're the right person to solve that problem for them. Okay. Now, what are the biggest challenges you've seen people face when it comes to getting started with marketing automation? And what have you seen are the best ways to overcome those challenges? Well, a couple of things. One is, is that we talked about where to get started, right? So. Yep. I think the the post-purchase onboarding sequence is probably the most important place to get started because you've already taken money from somebody, so yep. time to fill that promise to the best of your ability. I think where people struggle the most is there are so many things possible and so many different ways to build the mousetrap, so to speak, that they get you know called the paradox of choice, which I'm yeah. sure you've heard of before. There's so many different ways to do it. You get overwhelmed with all the possibilities and you end up doing nothing. Right. So that's the whole reason I kind of set up the academy in the active campaign training course in the first place was to to show people what those first steps are because I was really yes. excited about it to, when you know when I first came across the active campaign it was when I was uh, working on my partner's fitness and wellness business we wanted to move to marketing automation and I put in Entreport again I was one of those silly people who didn't really have any requirements and I just heard <laughs> Entreport was good so I put Entreport in used it for a couple months and I ripped it out because it was horrible yeah. you know. Fence Entreport. I'm sure you're much better now. This was years ago. <laughs> and then I put Active Campaign in. I heard somebody else talking about Active Campaign, but then I loved it. Like, this is so easy for me to figure out. This works like this. But there was no resources at all about how to use this. So I, was, I was looking for forums. I was looking for courses or forums to try and learn how to use this amazing tool. And there were none. So I was like, oh, man, either this product sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Why is no one talking about it? Either it sucks or it's really good and no one's discovered it yet, right? So it was really kind of the latter. No one had really kind of discovered it yet in mainstream. So I had this idea that, oh, you know, I think it's great and I want to share that with other people. So I put together the first version of my course, which is going back maybe four or five years, yeah. um, put it up on Udemy and it just went crazy. It's been yeah. the best -selling, best selling active campaign training online forever. You know, lucky for me. Thank you. <laughs> knock, knock. Maybe it's the combat pilot checklist approach. I don't know, but it's yeah. so beautifully structured. 
the the whole reason I did it because I was so enthusiastic about this product and what was possible. And I made all the mistakes in the beginning trying to figure out how to use it. Went into every little setting and every little thing. And then I'm like, you know, was talking to other people, you know, other business owners that I knew face to face. And I was like, you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. But the thing was always people were always like, I don't know where to start and I don't know how to set it up. So it's like, you know, just because you go to the hardware store and you buy a bunch of wood and a bunch of nails and a bunch of tools doesn't know, mean you know how to build a birdhouse, right? Yeah. Like, so if you don't know the foundation and the blueprint that, you know, to hammer all this stuff together, it's not going to do you any good. The best tools in the world right. aren't going to do you any good if you don't know how to build it, right? So the whole idea behind the course was here is a way to structure it and set the foundations properly yeah. so that you can put all this stuff into your business. And I like uh, the quick win section you have because that helps you yeah. do exactly that. Yeah, exactly right. So... You know, there are stumbling blocks you're going to come across along the way. How do I integrate this with, you know, PayPal or how do I integrate this with Thrivecard or whatever that is? So the quick win stuff is designed to just kind of get that out of the way. But the core active campaign training is really designed to take you from no idea, zero, to having a basic sales funnel that's working 24-7 in the background, just converting new customers across. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. It's probably on the fourth iteration of that course, the fourth time I've redone it. So I just recently went back to scratch and just wiped it out. And I don't know if you can see it, but I won't spin the camera around. Yeah. <laughs> but up on the wall, there's like about a million post-it notes that I'm like, how do we best structure this course? And then right. put all the post-it notes up on, okay, this lesson, then this lesson, then this lesson, then this lesson. So yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. People have responded very well to it. Yeah. Uh, Active Campaign has had me in to do, they run these study halls. So recently did a study hall with them in Perth to kind of do a master class with the participants in the study hall as well. So I talked to a lot of people, especially a lot of new users to the product. So I've kind of incorporated that all into the training as well. So, And you were the first person they actually authorized as a trainer an active campaign, is that right? Well, they have an active campaign certified consultant program where you can get certified by them if you want to go out and do consulting with the product. And yeah, I was the very first number one. Congratulations. Uh, but yeah, they're I, you know they're a great company. I've known the guys for years now. They're really kind of committed to putting these kind of tools in the hands of small business owners. And as you said at the beginning, Infusionsoft, Entreport, those have always kind of been the the purview of more established big business, big yeah. marketer type tools. You know, an active campaign is like, we want to take that automation and give it to, to anybody who wants to use it, which is, yeah. which is really cool. And the, and the price is accordingly modest, especially for people who are starting off. Well, I don't want to blow sunshine up everybody, but like, <laughs> it can become quite expensive once you're, yeah. but I mean, if you've got 500,000 users, you. yeah, if you've got 500,000 users, you should be making some money out of 500,000 right. people, right? So at the upper end, it becomes as expensive as any of those other products, but yeah. Where it differs from those lower other products is, as you said, at the lower end, like if you're just getting started and you've got a thousand contacts or, or maybe you have no mailing list at all and you're just starting to build your mailing list, it, you can get involved at a very reasonable yeah. price. I think it's $9 US a month if you have 500 contacts or less. Yeah, I think it may have gone up recently, but yeah, it's, it's in, you know, it's in that kind of chump change area. Basically. Yeah, you can go to, go to the Active Campaign website and find out all the details. Okay, so we've talked about a whole ton of stuff, so I'm going to do a quick roundup of what we talked about and then you can tell me if there's anything I missed and then we'll talk about how listeners can find out more about you. We started off talking about what a sales funnel is and we demystified it. We used the shoe analogy in a shoe store and explained the different kinds of shoes and all that sort of stuff and we then started talking about how you can create tagging as opposed to creating separate lists which ends up as a dumpster fire. You create tagging within your one list so you can talk intelligently to people 
depending on what their problem is and you solve their problem. In other words, you stay relevant. This means you're less spammy. This helps to improve your deliverability. This means that you have better open rates, better conversion rates, as in people click on your links more within your emails. We talked a little bit about action tracking, which Active Campaign allows you to install on your website and that allows you to watch your customers' behavior on the website and then decide on what kind of content you're going to send them. We did a bit of a comparison between Active Campaign and Infusionsoft and Entreport and agreed that they all do good things, but Active Campaign allows you to enter at a lower level. The culture of the company seems to be quite small business friendly and allows people to enter at a low level and scales with you and it can still serve you at the top end as well so you don't have to rip out your active campaign when you reach a certain size and move across to one of the other guys the best software is the software that you use i thought that was important we talked about using automation email marketing automation especially to do things like customer retention and to do post sales service which is a very important part of getting your customer the result that they signed up for it's not just about making the sale, it's about looking after the people who are already there with you, who've taken a risk with you by giving you their money and getting them to a result. It's about improving the user experience and by improving the user's interaction with your product so they are more likely to get to the result and tell their friends about it rather than just sell, 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 sell and just cramming as many people as possible into the top of your funnel. You're trying to serve them at all parts of your funnel. And then we talked a bit about how to get started, quick wins, and the biggest challenges, and how to solve those challenges. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, I would just like to reiterate the point of it's not just about automating all the messages to your customer. It's also about automating messages to yourself. Oh, yes, So that yes. you can have those human touch points with your customer, you knowing, knowing when to call your customer, you knowing when to follow up with your customer, especially in a subscription-type business that's very important. Yeah, I'll make a note of that, actually. Certainly, automating the human touch points is a, a point that a lot of people overlook when it comes to marketing automation. Yeah, and a great way to think about it, really, is just try and imagine how you would sell to your customer if you were in an actual physical store and then mm. replicate that experience in your automation as much as possible. And if that means using a video to introduce yourself when they first sign up, do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can do really clever stuff like someone pops over a certain, you know, they're buying multiple products, for example. Someone pops over a certain sales level. Hey, this person's just bought over $5,000 worth of product. The customer lifetime value has gone over $5,000. Hey, Barry, pick up your phone and call this guy and thank him personally or send him a little gift or whatever, yeah. right? So that you're you're constantly rewarding the customer behavior in your business that you want to reward. And you're making sure that no, if it's all automated, you're making sure that nobody slips between the cracks, you know? Yeah. And there's great tools like Bonjoro or Dub that allow you to create these personalized videos very quickly. And then yeah. you can even watch whether they've seen it or how much of the video they've seen. And so if they haven't watched it, you can potentially resend it and so on without being too much of a pain. So, Barry, how do people get more of the active marketer goodness? Uh, well, I would say if you're interested, you know, I focus mostly on active campaign uh, almost exclusively just because I can and I like it. <laughs> If you want to find out more, you go to theactivemarketer.com, and I would say, hey, sign up for a trial account of Active Campaign. It doesn't cost you anything. You get to play with it for a little while and see how it works. If you do like it, like I said, I have a very popular Active Campaign training course. It shows you how to use the tool. And then we have a Facebook group, so for ongoing support for those people, I think there's over, there's definitely over 8,000 people in that Facebook group now. 
So it's called Automation Nation. So join us in the Facebook group. Uh, if you have questions or comments or, or where you just want to learn how to more about marketing automation, you can join us in there. But if you go over to theactivemarketer.com, there'll be some links to the training. And for Productive Insights listeners, if you want to buy the training, I'll offer you a 20% discount with the coupon code PRODUCTIVE. We'll get you 20% off the course. Thank you, Barry. That's very kind. My listeners and I really appreciate it. It was awesome to have you on the show. I really look forward to having you back on. I can see this turning into a really useful series. We'll talk about tagging. We'll talk about a whole lot of other things. Probably a little bit technical, but if you need any help in demystifying any of this stuff, you can always reach out to me through my email, which is ash at productiveinsights.com. Well, thanks for having me on, Ash. I know my partner's tired of hearing me talk about this stuff. so <laughs> It's good I can talk to somebody else about it because I'll talk about it all day long. Oh, awesome. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 